Hi, I'm Pastor Bill Singh from Faith Presbyterian Church, and I'm going to be giving you today's message from the Bible. And we are on the third day of creation in our Genesis Agenda series. Two major things happen this day. First of all, we have the separation of the land uh, from the water on this day, and also we have the creation of plant life. So real quick, I'd like to share with you some, uh, some trivia regarding uh, planet Earth and some things about it. So, first thing, what is the tallest tree in the world? Give you a second here. It's the California redwood tree. They're about over, they're over 300 feet tall. How deep is the deepest part of the ocean? All right, it's about 36,000 feet or seven miles, seven miles deep. How many species of edible plants are there on planet Earth? There are about 80,000 species of edible plants on earth. So God has definitely created an impressive place for us to live. You might notice that the title of the message of today is Green for Me. So let me say this. I was not made for green, but green was made for me. What I'm referring to here is God's creation when I say the word Green, And I want you to think about the statement that Jesus once said, that Sabbath was not made for man, man was, I'm sorry, that man was not made for the Sabbath, but Sabbath was made for man. The same is true about the land, the sea, and the plants. Are you familiar with the Go Green movement? I think at its most elemental level, that it is a movement that is focused on preventing any sort of harm to the environment. And that might be an oversimplification, but we are talking about clean air, clean water, pretty much anything that's best for the environment. I remember growing up, I would see commercials that were about keeping the water clean. I would watch movies where these corporations would be polluting the air and they'd be trying to find ways to stop them from doing that. Well, the funny thing is today, uh, lots of the companies that were putting harmful chemicals in the air have been trying to find ways to reduce the pollution that they put out. Uh, they make products that are more environmentally friendly and are finding more environmentally friendly ways to go about their work even. Uh, so the green movement has really caught on pretty strong. And my wife even the other day got a book that is teaching us how to eliminate toxins from our home environment by eliminating uh, chemicals and different things that get into the air inside of our home. So uh, it's a, it's a, it has a lot of very important things to the movement and uh, has some value to it. Uh, you might notice that television shows have even picked up on the Go Green slogan. I remember back in the 90s, Ted Turner created a superhero even by the name of Captain Planet. Captain Planet. You might remember Captain Planet. Captain Planet had a green mullet. If you don't know what a mold is, it's a hairstyle, short in the front, long in the back. Captain Planet for you there. And his purpose was to preserve the beauty of the earth, but his weakness was pollution. I find that kind of ironic. Uh, makes him a very ineffective superhero. Basically be like employing Superman to, be, uh, to work for a kryptonite removal company. So probably not a very good fit for Captain Planet as that would not be a good fit for Superman. And Captain Planet may be kind of silly, but today we are going to learn what the Bible has to say about God's creation and our role inside of it. 
It is a very delicate subject because, like all things that are good, Satan finds ways to corrupt. Satan takes truth, mixes it with lies, and before long, something that is good becomes no longer good. Let me take you back a little ways to a man named Thomas Malthus. Now, this man believed that in the future, there would not be enough resources or land for people to be able to share. And so what he proposed was the humane elimination of human beings from the earth uh, through disease and the encouragement of poor hygiene practices. Now, Malthus, he died in 1834, and his predictions of overpopulation never came true. But his fear of overpopulation and the lack of resources persisted even to this day. Now, I'm all for taking care of the environment, but when a movement is spurred on by the idea of killing people for, to prevent the earth from being overpopulated, that, to me is from Satan. Now, there have been organizations devoted to the beauty of the earth to the extent that they believe it is worth it to forfeit human life for the sake of, of preserving nature. Now, this is exactly the agenda of the devil. Whenever a movement devalues human worth and puts plants, animals, land, water, and dirt above the needs of humans, that is a red flag that something spiritually sinister is afoot. God's plan for creating the earth is exactly what I stated earlier. I was not created for green. Green was created for me. Isaiah 45, 18 says, For this is what the Lord says, He who created the heavens, He is God. He who fashioned and made the earth, He founded it. He did not create it to be empty, but formed it to be inhabited. So God's entire purpose for creating the planet was to put life on it. Let me say that again. God's entire purpose for creating the planet was to put life on it. On day three, God created the plants. But then on day six, you recall that he created mankind and gave them their role within the creation order, that they would subdue the earth, rule over the fish, birds, and all land animals. God said this in Genesis 1, 29-31, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food and to all the beasts of the earth and to all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it. I give every green plant for food, and it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there is evening, and there is morning, the sixth day. So what do we learn in this passage? Plants were made for food. They serve other functions inside of the eco ecosystem, but they were made to sustain us. They were made to sustain life. So we do not sacrifice our needs for the sake of the environment. After all, God created humans to be a part of nature too. And he values us over the plants of the field. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 6, 25 and 28 through 30. He said, 
Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So did you hear what Jesus said in that passage? Life is more important than food. And we can conclude from this passage that people are more important than the earth. Satan's agenda turns this whole thing, what Jesus said, upside down. Jesus also revealed that God will provide for our needs when we seek his kingdom and his righteousness. Now you remember the story of when Jesus fed the 5,000 with, uh, with two fish and five loaves of bread? People were growing hungry as they were listening to Jesus preach. And it was getting late and the people still needed to eat. But all they had were two fish and five loaves of bread. Now, there's 5,000 men there, but then what we learn is they also brought their families along. So there's possibly 15,000 people that were listening to Jesus that needed to be fed. Two fish and five loaves of bread weren't going to do the job. <clears throat> Except for Jesus, he didn't worry about that. He took the two fish and the five loaves, and when he distributed them among the potentially 15,000 people, he created so much that there is an abundance that there were leftovers afterwards. Jesus is not confined to the world's resources. He is beyond those limits because he is the creator. Jesus tells us in John 15, 7 through 8, that if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. If we stay connected to Jesus, he will bear much fruit in our lives and provide for whatever needs we have. Psalm 1-3 sums it up nicely for the one who seeks after God. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. The Bible tells us, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you.